Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. I do want to highlight just a, a couple of couple of announcements that were made earlier. Um, we had a great time this past Wednesday doing our movie night um, for those of you that were able to come. Um, and then kind of this this week we have just a, a call to prayer. And I'm going to invite you. I want I want our church to be a praying church. Do you want that? I think we need to be a praying church. Amen. Yes. Um, and so. Uh, I think the slides at 6 o'clock, that's a typo. You can come a half hour early if you want and just start praying to get started. But our start times on, on Wednesday nights are at 6.30. So uh, if you would come and join us and pray with us, it would be a privilege for us to pray with you. There are kids kids of, uh, program going on on Wednesday nights. There are teen programs going on Wednesday nights. So there's, there's something for everybody starting at 6.30 um, this Wednesday night. Um, and I think there was something else, but I can't remember what it is. So that's where I'm going to leave it. So, um, fantastic. Uh, we are continuing our journey through James this week, uh, picking up right where we left off. Before we do, I want to, and, and this is going to be audience participation time. I don't always do this. If this is your first week, don't let this freak you out. I don't always do this. Um, but did anyone read through the whole book of James this week? Raise your hand high. Hold it up for just a second. Okay, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Last week, I challenged you Take the book of James, and it takes about 15, 16 minutes. Is that about right for people that, yeah, I think so? Um, uh, and just read it through in one sitting. Um, just because you didn't do it last week doesn't mean that you get left out. You can do it this week or even next week if you want to. So, um, but I want to ask the question, what did, you, what did you experience? What did you hear when you read the whole book by itself? And I'm like actually asking for responses this time. This is what I don't always do all the time, so... Anybody? Just shout it out. Yeah. Behavior. behavior. James likes to focus on behavior a little bit. Yeah, and, I liked it. and you liked it. Okay. Being as old as you are and surrounded by adults, you say you have a few lessons that, that might apply to you. So awesome. There was somebody else. Yeah. If we behave, we have the victory. All right. That's a great that's a great testimony. Somebody else? Anybody else? I don't always do this. Anyone? Okay. Well thanks to a couple brave folks who chipped in. Somebody was thinking about it. No? Okay. Somebody's like No, not me. Awesome. I I hope you I hope you are reading James through the course of this the, through the course of this time. 
don't don't get stuck there. Don't only read from there, but um, we're gonna we're gonna be spending our time here on on Sunday mornings here for for the next for the next little bit. Um, I did I did that read as well. Sometimes when I challenge you, I don't make it through and do my own challenge. But I did this week. Um, we actually did it together as a staff as well. Um, I was I was just entirely struck by how this this book is way way too dense. There's so much there. There's so dense to really treat it uh, fully in the nine weeks that we have to go through it. Um, uh, but we're going to do our best, uh, and we're just going to we're going to take the lessons that we can from from that time. If you didn't get it read this past week, you still got these weeks ahead to to, to dive into that. So um, today we're going to be reading from the Book of James, chapter one. Uh, last week we stopped at verse 18, so we're starting at verse 19 and reading through the end of the, the chapter. Uh, today. So James chapter 1 verses 19 through 27. For those who are willing and able out of respect for the reading of God's word, I invite you to stand as we read this scripture together. James chapter 1 starting in verse 19, reading from the Common English Bible. Know this, my brothers and sisters, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. Therefore, with humility, set aside all moral filth and the growth of wickedness, and welcome the word planted deep inside you, the very word that is able to save you. You must be doers of the word, and not only hearers who mislead themselves. Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves walk away, and immediately forget what they were like. But there are those who study the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put put it into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves, their devotion is worthless. True devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God, the Father, is this to care for orphans and widows in their difficulties, and to keep the world from contaminating us. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Okay, so this is one of those passages that easily could take two or three or four weeks, and we could we could really dive into all of what James has to say uh, in this in this passage. Um, instead, I'm going to try to try to deal with this passage, try to cover this passage um, in, in in several different parts this morning. Let me ask a question: Who among us today? Now, don't look at the person next to you when I ask this question. Okay. <laughs> Who among us today has a friend who likes to take tangents in conversations? Anybody? Anybody have that friend? Like you're talking about one thing and then all of a sudden they're, they're over there. Who, how many of you, you are that friend? You know, like, yes. Okay, we have several honest people among us. Um, the, the, James is doing this all the time uh, in, in the book. Uh, as we go through, uh, James James has these moments where he kind of sidesteps and goes this direction, goes that direction, um, and and the first two, the first two verses of the book, uh, or of, of our our passage today, are, are kind of that way. Verses 19 and 20 kind of feel like that friend to me. 
the paragraph people in the Bible, the people who divided the Bible up into paragraphs, don't really believe me here and don't agree with me because they put 19 and 20 and 21 in one paragraph. But really, I see 19 and 20 kind of by themselves um, and should kind of be, be their own thing. In, in verse 18, the last one that, that we read last week, um, James was talking about uh, the the true word, how we, how we were given birth by the true word. And he kind of gets back to that in verse 21, saying we should welcome the word into our lives. And in between, there's these two just really powerful, instructive verses. Um, John Wesley, uh, who is kind of one of the, the founders of the Methodist religion out of which the Nazarene church kind of came into being, wrote some notes on, on this verse, on verse 19, saying he was kind of trying to make an outline for the rest of the book, um, that we should be quick to listen, he says. And he kind of pointed to chapter 2, we should be slow to speak, and he kind of pointed to chapter 3, and we should be slow to become angry, um, not only angry at God, but also angry with our fellow, our fellow humans. Um, again, part of chapter three and verses four, or chapters four and five. It kind of becomes an outline for the book. Most of the biblical scholars kind of don't agree with John Wesley on that today. They're like, no, we don't really see that that connection. But um, one of the things that he thought about how how seminal and how important these verses were right at the beginning of our reading today. The thing that I learned the most from from these two verses is this. James has come, (laughs) James has come with this book to mess with our lives. (laughs) To mess with our lives, to to get in our business. He really has. Um, Which is, is really kind of for me why it's such a great fit for our annual focus for this year. Of not so with you. I think Jesus, as, as, he, as he spoke that to his disciples, as he, was, as he was telling them, look, there's a different way to live. And contrasting the way that, that he wanted the disciples to react and to relate to one another with what the world has a tendency to do. And I think the message of James really has that angle for us. And, and James is... is all about it. And, and I'll tell you, there, and I'm not, my teenage boys would disagree with me on this. I'm not terribly old, okay? Um, <laughs> I've been around for at least a little while. Um, but in, in the years of my life, I just don't think there's, there's a, a, part of, a part of my life where I've experienced where this series of instructions that James gives kind of rapid fire in this first verse that we dealt with is more applicable than today. I call this the anti-social media verse. (laughs) Right? The epistle of James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. And the epistle of Facebook would probably read, be quick to post, slow to think, and by golly, get angry all you want. <laughs> right? I mean, have, if, have you witnessed this? Have you seen this? Maybe you have. By your laughter, I think maybe you have. Because anger begets more anger. And anger begets more clicks and more interactions and more comments. 
which is all the things that they want because it's driven by money at the end of the day. But James says, no, not so with you. Don't, don't fall for that trap. Don't get into that cycle. He says, be quick to listen for that person that you're listening to is in fact a person with unique thoughts, with tender feelings, even if they don't show them. He says, don't, don't shove your words and, and agenda out there first. Don't inflate its importance. And anger slowly, he says. For not all anger is bad, but lots of it is. I, I, I've heard people justify anger. Well, you know, Jesus flipped the tables. And I would say that you're right, he did. And we have that recorded in the Gospels. But I feel like the justification for anger that we snap to sometimes happens so quickly that one of the fruits of the spirits, one of the fruits of the spirit is called long suffering. An art that has been largely lost in today's day and age. Take time. He says, anger does not produce God's righteousness. And that, and that, that those verses contain for us many of the themes that we're going to encounter as we go through the book of James. Verse 19, this first one, is, is kind of an imperative. He says, know this, listen to this, this is important, act this way, do this in your lives. Be this way in your lives. Not just now, not in the present, but through your lives. And verse 21 throws, as he changes back to this, this concept of the word that he's talking about, he starts verse 21 with a therefore. I once heard, if you ever read a therefore, you've got to figure out what it's there for, right? Have you heard that? Okay. In light of being quick to listen, in light of being slow to speak and slow to anger, let me show you what to do, James says. And that's so important with this, with this focus this year. It's not, just, it's not just rebel. It's not just protest. It's not just uh, don't do all these things. Christ, when he introduced this phrase, gave the disciples an alternative. Not so with you. With you, it should be this way. The one who wants to be the greatest should be the servant of all. But James does this too. The putting on side of, of the equation. Put off, he says, all of the moral filth of that anger that is so prevalent. And what's his opposite? What's his counter-instruction? What does he say? Okay, if you're going to push this out of your life, if you're going to strive to not make it part of how you respond and what you do, then what should you do? And he says this, welcome the word to be planted in you. Welcome the word into your life like you're this fertile petri dish for God to grow something amazing in your life. Are you a fertile garden for the word? I know nothing about fertile gardens. <laughs> nothing. It takes the right soil. It takes the proper nutrients. 
There's probably some pH acidity that has to be just right, compost, fertilizer. I've, I've well, I've shared often that plants don't, I'm a death curse for plants. That's what, that's what I am. Don't ask me anything. I don't know. But what I do know is this, is that there, there appears to be a couple of people, a couple of types of people when it comes to God's word. There's the scripture evaluators. They want to talk. They want to figure it out. They want to master the text. They have in their head is engaged with the words that they read in scripture. And I don't think that's what James invites us to do. The other type of people are scripture planters who take the word of God and put it inside of who they are and allow the Holy Spirit to help grow in them something that's meaningful, something that shapes us and forms us and transforms us into the likeness of Christ. So I want this word to, to, to grow in me, to be fostered into me into, and to become part of my life and my walk. <laughs> I told you James is here to, to mess with us a little bit. Uh, he's not going to let up. We have five chapters of this, folks, and we just got to the end of the first chapter. Uh, James is here to, to mess us up a little bit and to challenge us. Unless we get comfortable, James has more for us in this, in this chapter. He says, you know what, just hearing the word is certainly not enough. Just hearing the word is, is not enough. It's not enough to, to listen to the podcast. It's not enough to check off the box that says, well, I did my, my Bible reading. It's not enough to come and hear the preacher on Sunday morning. I hope you do those things. We'd love to see you. We'd love to be part of you in this church family, but, but showing up to church is not enough. Hearing the word is not enough. You can't just show up to church and and read your Bible and say, well, that, that, was, that was interesting. Preacher made some interesting points today. A couple of weeks ago, I was uh, in Nampa uh, for an event that was put on by um, the field NYI. So NYI is kind of the organization for the youth groups in the, in the Nazarene Church. Nazarene Youth International is what that stands for. Um, and, and that week we had planned to do kind of this larger event and we had to scale it back a little bit and we had been doing a quiz final um, for the, the different quiz teams that are in our seven districts in the Northwest field. So uh, about 150 or so um, people had come, these quiz teams and, and their coaches and parents and supporters. Um, and the quizzers this year are studying two books of the Bible, Romans and James. Um, and I got to preach, and I told them a little bit about my quizzing history. I quizzed for about three years, and there was one year that that um, that I actually did really well. If you've never heard of quizzing, they, they take this book of the Bible, and they study the verses, and then they go to these quiz meets, and the quiz masters ask questions about the Bible and, and some memory work and say, what are we supposed to be quick to do, according to James chapter 1, verse 19? And he says, we're supposed to be quick to... Listen, I shot, you, got, you could be a quizzer. You have to like jump up off your seat to get called on and do it before everybody else. 
I wasn't a great quizzer, but, but this one year for Romans and James, I really kind of dove into, into it, and, and I made the district team, and I, and I was, I actually did decent in recalling the word and reading it enough that it was in my brain, and in and, and answering the questions and be able to score points for my team. And I was even celebrated a little bit and made the district team. But I was the guy in verse 23 and 24. Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, walks away, and immediately forget what they look like that I knew the words and I could answer the questions and, and I was, I, I tend to be a competitive person. So I got all these little accolades for, for scoring points. And yet I didn't allow that word to grow in me, to be planted in me, to, to begin to shape me. Back then it was about the winning I'm still glad I did it. I can't, I can't tell you how many times verses from Romans and verses from James have popped up into my head because of the time and the energy that I spent studying those, those books of the Bible. But my goal in that moment was to master the text, to, to figure it out, to commit as much of it as I could to memory so that at the time that the questions were asked, I could provide the right answer and beat the other team i was a master of the text i was trying to be a master of the text trying to to learn all of its ins and outs but the truth is this and i really believe this the truth is this is that when you come to scripture you come to scripture to be mastered by the text that the text wants to speak into your life that the text wants to shape you and form you. And that doesn't happen with a, with a casual reading. It doesn't even happen with kind of rote memorization. For James, it happens when you allow the word to be planted in you, to grow in you and to be formed inside of you and to shape you. Verse 25 admonishes us to let the word continue in our lives. To continue to do it, to continue to to put it into practice. Our, Our goal is to let it shape us and for our lives to be formed by it. Have you guys ever seen the watermelon that they grow like in the in the square boxes? So they, they grow these watermelons and they put them in sort of inside of some sort of, I, I think it's a fiberglass box or something so it can get light. But it, as the watermelon grows, it grows into the space that it has and it forms this perfect little box of a watermelon. That would be great for Walmart delivery pickup, you know. I go pick up a watermelon and I got the thing rolling around and rolling over the bread and it's a mess. But if they had the square ones, that would be awesome. The picture, though, is that the word becomes for us the box. And we become the watermelon. As we grow, we're shaped by the scripture. 
into the shape that God would have us to be. Our goal is not to read the Word of God, church. Our goal is to be read by the Word of God. I'm going to say that one again because that's important. Our goal is not to read the Word of God, church. Our goal is to be read by it, to allow our lives to be read by it. The last thing that James deals with, this last section in, in this chapter, gives a bit of a test. I said yesterday, or last week, that I, I kind of liked test-taking when I, was, when I was younger. School tests were not a threat to me. This one's a, a little more difficult. It says, here's the deal. Out of the gate, there are, there are three things to pay attention to. As, as you look at your own faith, as you look at your own journey, as you look at your own devotion, is what it calls it in the common English. The NIV calls it, as you look at your own religion, as you look at your relationship with God and what that looks like. Verse 26 says, watch what you say. Control the tongue. Watch what you say. Careless words reveal something. Careless words speak about that devotion that you have. And, and James is going to come back to it. He's really going to hit it hard uh, in, in chapter 3, but even uh, had talked a little bit about it earlier in chapter 1. He says, watch what you say. Scripture says that out of the heart, the words that we speak come pouring out. And in verse 27, he says, take stock of the care and the concern that you give to the helpless. He uses the phrase orphans and widows. But for them, in, in that society, those were the people who who struggled the, the most, who had no means, who had no support, who were nearly forgotten in that society. And they represent for us a number of different of groups of people in our world today. And James says, how you treat those people matters matters for us too, church. Amen? And the final thing he says is we have to avoid being shaped by the world. We have to keep the world from contaminating us is how it says in the common English. The fascinating thing about that list is, is for me as, as I studied that this week is is the different parts of it. If you look at the first one, it's really about how we, we conduct ourselves, our words, our responses, how we act in our lives. The second one is about how we treat the world around us, how we treat the people around us, the people who don't have maybe what we have, particularly those with no voice, nothing to give back represented in that society by orphans and widows. But for our society, speaks to a number of 
number of different groups. And the final one deals with how the world and how culture and society affects us. So it's not just our actions, but then it's also about how we interact with the world. And then it's also about how the world influences and affects us. Do you think, you know what I think James is saying? He's saying it's about all of us. It's about the whole person. It's about our whole selves. There's no exemption area. If you want to know what true religion is, true devotion to Christ, following God in all that we do, it's going to touch on every area of our lives. <laughs> Where are the loopholes? Where are the exceptions? James is like, sorry. It's kind of about all of you. This is the true devotion that God is calling us to. And James is just going to keep after us. We're one chapter down. We've got four to go. James is just going to keep after us and challenging us to live the right way, to follow God with all of our person, with all of ourselves, with all that we are today. I'm going to invite the praise team as we close to come back up and to take their spots. We're going to sing a song as we close today. But as I prepared for today, I, I just felt led um, that maybe some of you have seen yourself today as we've talked about these different areas. Maybe as you've listened not only to me, but hopefully to the scripture even more acutely today, maybe you recognize that quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger are instructions that you've struggled with from time to time. I know it was a challenge to me this past week. Maybe for you, it's felt like, as, as James painted this picture of, of the word being planted in someone, to let it grow, to let it be nurtured and cared for. You realize Sometimes when you go to scripture, it's a little more academic than that. It's this, it's this mental thing. Something you're trying to figure out. Maybe you've gotten into kind of a, a Sunday routine. And you, and you want to say, God, I don't, want, I don't want that to be my story. I want scripture to take hold of my life be planted in me into fertile soil that allows it to grow and produce fruit in my life. Or maybe today you look at the list of, from James of, of true devotion and say, in your honest moments of self-reflection, I don't know that I'm there. I struggle with my speech or been times I, I haven't stood up for those who cannot or maybe even the world has way too much influence I've been shaped by some of those wrong things we're going to pray in just a moment and if you find yourself in one of those categories I just want to invite you we have altars up here at the front of, of this room there's nothing magic about this space coming up to the front to pray. 
everything that you can say up here, you can actually say right where you're at. This isn't a very good sales pitch because it's not a sales pitch. But I've also found that when I've taken that step and said, God, I really need to change in my life. I really need to make progress at this point. And I respond in a way to go forward to pray that God does something significant in that moment and meets me there and is faithful to help the Holy Spirit take hold of my life and to change it. So if you find yourself in one of those spots and you want to come pray this morning, I want to just invite you. It's, it's always here and it's always open for you to pray at any moment of our worship service. <laughs> at any moment. But today, God's speaking directly to your heart and you say, I need to respond because I want to make a change in my life. This is an amazing place to do that. Pastor Val or Pastor Debbie might come pray with you, put a hand on you. Maybe a friend would follow you to the altar and if you don't want to talk about it, they won't, they won't force that. But sometimes it's good to know that someone's praying for you as you come forward and pray. Let's spend some time in prayer this morning. Will you bow your heads? I'm just going to ask for you to close your eyes. And if you find yourself in one of those three areas and you want to come pray, I want to invite you to do that. so you have a chance to connect with God in these moments. Let's pray together. And if you feel led, please come. Lord, today, we're confronted by this text. We're confronted by the practicality that this writer uses because it's so just applicable to our lives, the things that that he shares and the challenges that he makes. And today, Father, we we want to turn our lives over to you in in totality, in their completeness, in the, in the in the full scope and breadth of of who we are. We want to turn over to you. And so today, God, we just ask that you would allow our lives to be shaped and molded and formed by you. We're so grateful for your word that speaks to us and, and challenges us. And today, I just ask that you would be present and allow us to become the people that you have wanted us to be. You would shape us and form us. God, we're so grateful to have this place to come and worship, to dive into your word and to allow it to become for us the basis of, of who you are calling us to be. Would you help that word to, to dive into our lives, to grow into something beautiful and powerful and vibrant and healthy that produces the fruit that you wish to produce in our lives. We're grateful for your love for us and the chance to worship you. Be with us today and this week. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene podcast. 
Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week. Thank you.